Welcome back to the Deep Digger Sports Pod. I'm your host, Drew, with my other host right over here. What's up? It's D. Good to see you again. So, no, don't throw it. No, we're too in close proximity. Oh, all right. You guys showed how old you are. No one whips. If you're a, if you're a pod listener right now, he just did an old guy move and hit a whip. Uh, oh, I believe Odell Beckham just signed for, what, 20 mil? So the whip is back, baby. Man, 2013. The whip is back. But anyways, welcome back, guys. Today we are going to be digging into the draft. So the draft happened this past weekend. We're going to be reacting to the 49ers draft where the quarterbacks landed. Trey Lance is still on the 49ers. And Aaron Rodgers is living it up in New York. But before we get into that, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you're on YouTube. If you're on audio, go ahead and hit follow on whatever platform you're on. Uh, But we got a lot to dig into. Smash that subscribe button. We appreciate it. But let's go ahead and start with a rumor was going around. Trey Lance was supposedly getting traded. Vikings were in the running. Texans were in the running. Titans. But he stays in San Francisco. What's... What's your feeling on him so far still being on the team? I think Rapsheet came out with a report about this. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Rapsheet, I believe it was the second day of the draft, second or third day of the draft. Uh, and he came out and said, ah, well, actually, the Trey Lance move is looking more like it's going to be an August move rather than a right now draft day move. With my thoughts on that are who's going to trade for Trey Lance? The biggest you know, the only one that I see left is the Minnesota Vikings. And then even then, what value is Trey going to have if it looks like in OTAs, Sam Darnold is beating him out in a position battle? So that'd be my only concern. I mean, I know it does make sense for them to move off of him because of the storyline, because of the distraction, because uh, if they were to move him pre or during the draft, it would actually cost them more money than post draft. Uh, but all that considered, like, what do you think? Uh, I'm kind of torn on it right now because part of me is like, uh, just trade him already. Like, I'm tired of him dealing with toxic fans and I'm tired of the toxic, toxic fans kind of pitting him and Brock Purdy against each other and even Sam Darnold. Um, and I want to see him succeed somewhere. And I, I do believe Brock Purdy's the quarterback for the 49ers. So I would love to see Trey Lance go somewhere and succeed as a franchise guy. But part of me is like, you know, he's been training with Mahomes. He's been uh, going on a world tour training this uh, offseason. He's looking a lot better than his hairline would entail. And uh, Whoa, I'm kind of like, what if he lights it up, man? Like, I kind of want to hold on to that hope a little bit. So I'm pretty 50-50 on it right now. I think let's get in the training camp. Let's see what him and Sam Darnold bring to the table. And then we'll go from there. Like, if he shows out. He still has a window to be the guy in San Francisco. Like, as ridiculous as that, like, statement is, it's true. Because whoever looks good, Kyle Shanahan's going to roll with. And he still has an even bigger opportunity to get traded and just get kind of given up on by the organization. So, really just going to depend on his level of play. But he's doing all the right things. Yeah, again, I actually, I like Troy Lance, the guy. I think coming out... Everything that you've heard about Trey Lance is that one, he's an awesome teammate. Two, he's just a very, you know, I think he's a more mature than his age person. He's one of those old soul type of dudes. 
and I think he maneuvers like that. I think he knows like, hey, this is my job. I'm going to take it as is. Brock Purdy's going to come in, but I'm still going to do my due diligence and I'm going to try to compete for this spot. But ultimately, like I did listen to a um, Carson Palmer interview um, just recently. And Carson Palmer was saying that back when he got drafted, it was completely different because of the way the CBA was. He actually signed an eight-year deal coming out. So he signed an eight-year deal. He was like, we had all the time in the world. He goes, nowadays, you have to know as a franchise by year three or more than likely by year two and a half if you're going to actually extend this guy because then you have to pick up their fifth-year option. And depending on where they are, like if they're the number three pick in the draft and if they played X amount, they actually have more guaranteed money. So that's just my thing. I Do I see them picking up a fifth-year option? No. Do I see them wanting to like see what he has? Yeah, but ultimately like last year what it came down to was the team didn't want him to like – they didn't feel comfortable. They felt more comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then ultimately when it came down to Brock Purdy – there was no other option, but then they immediately felt like, yeah, Brock Purdy is a guy and we can roll with him. I just, I stick to it. I'll wrap it up here with, I don't trust a, a young quarterback coming in who's already balding because Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser, I saw that hairline and I was like, I'm staying away from that. Mike Glennon, staying away from that. Trey Lance, I, I, I thought he was an exception to the rule. I really wrote, like, wrote for him. I was like, I'm all about it. But now I'm starting to be like, hey, my hypothesis is starting to add up here. You know, balding hairlines and the young quarterbacks, that can't, can't be the face of your franchise. I blame you, fans. Stressing you did this to Trey Lance. It's progressed so rapidly. It's uh, it's on you. But we're going <laughs> to move on to the 49ers draft. Uh, didn't have any picks in the first and second round, but kind of tough to put a grade on it because of all the trades that we kind of gave up for Trey Lance and not being in the first couple rounds. But what would you say, like, how would you rank or grade the 49ers draft? I would say, uh, this has to go as like an NA. This has to go like a, a withdrawal. Like you took a kicker in the third round. Like I know that. Honestly, I'm not even mad at taking a kicker in the fourth round. But compared to the Eagles, who had an awesome draft, compared to even the Seahawks, who are in your division, who had an awesome awesome draft, they got the number one corner that they everyone had circled. They had the number one wide receiver that everyone had circled. So they're ultimate winners. So if I had to gauge it based off that, like obviously the 49ers are losers. But... You got all the positions that you needed besides right tackle, but John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan came out and said afterwards, we feel pretty good. We feel like Colton McKivitz is, is going to be a guy, and we think we're, we're on the right track here. Um, they said that when taking the kicker, there was no other starters that we needed besides the kicker. We brought back 19 of 22 starters, which is like, if you're a 49ers fan complaining about this draft, really, like, what would you... In the third round of the draft, you're not getting starter level talent at that point. Yeah. And so if the the Niners thought, hey, we don't have a starting right tackle grade this like this far in the draft, so let's just like build up our other positions. Um, like, what more do you want them to do? Give up all our picks to try to move into the second round? Like, I, I kind of give it like 
a C plus, like more like a let's see and wait yeah. <laughs> and see how these guys end up because Jair Brown is getting talked about like he's getting hyped up to a ridiculous extent because he was our first pick. And I think it's almost deservedly so because he led the nation in defensive touchdowns. He has 10 interceptions in college. He's a ball hawk. He is very instinctual. And he reminds me a lot of Ufanga, who's potentially that could be a duo for the next couple of years. So yeah. they did get a guy that some people thought was the best safety in the draft. So you got to give him that. And then they got one of their, if you could say, like, if I told you, hey, in the third round of the draft, you're going to get one of your starters for the next five years, seven, eight years. Would you take that deal? Yeah. Because it's a kicker. <laughs> Just got you there. But gotcha. it's one of your starters in the third round. So they had sandwich in between other two other third round picks. Like what a kicker went in the fourth round. Yeah. So obviously Moody wasn't going to be there. If you really think Moody's so much better than everyone, then I don't think it's a terrible landing spot for the value there. It went not just in the next round. It went 13 picks later. Yeah. So, so he would have been gone at that pick. So you could say, yeah, we reached on a kicker, but if did Belichick, you? Did you? If Belichick is taking the second best kicker there, where would he have really went? Yeah. And I like what they did in the back half of this draft. I think they really went for athleticism. You take you take a D end who is uh, really like you want someone to rotate in there. You want just traits. And they were saying if anyone can do it, it's Chris Caseric can mold defensive ends. Uh, D Winters was an awesome draft pick, a guy who can really fly around the ball. And we've seen that they this team can really shape linebackers we've seen it even in last preseason what they can do with the linebacker spot you had uh mccurry ball and uh flanagan fouls orin burks so to add d winters to that mix i think that's perfect and then you look at a guy like Braden willis they got in what the pick number 247 was ranked in i want to say top three in pass blocking and run blocking in the nation so like we have our backup tight ends. That's what we really wanted going in this draft is a pass catcher tight end, a guy that can block. We got both of that in like these two tight ends that we drafted. And then Ronnie Bell is getting a lot of buzz. But I saw Steph from 49 Carrots post like just screenshots of Google images of Ronnie Bell. And every single one is him like going up and just like mossing a ball. <laughs> so like I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the table. And then we picked up some undrafted guys. Like there was a receiver we picked up that's pretty nice. We kind of will get into those maybe in a different pod. Yeah. But I'm I'm liking our draft. I'm I would rank it in more the bottom half of the teams. Yeah. But I would only no, because honestly. we didn't need anything and we didn't really reach for anything other than the kicker. So it's like not hey, a lot these, of flash. These but guys can work out more mean potatoes. Yeah, not a lot of flash, but there could be a lot of substance here once we kind of get down to training camp. That's kind of my thoughts on it. But, and, but the one thing is the boomer bust potential with taking a kicker in the third round. But let us know in the comments, how did you feel about this draft? Was it a bust because you are got a kicker in the third? Do you think we actually did pretty well for not having a first or second round pick? Let us know. We're going to move on to other teams in the draft. Winners and losers. Uh, every draft analysis right now that I'm seeing doesn't give any team a bad grade. Yeah. Is there any losers in this draft? 
let's start there. For me, I would say the Commanders. I think passing on Will Levis, and you didn't even get Hendon Hooker, and then moving into the later rounds, you didn't address that quarterback need at all when you had opportunities. I think that's a big whiff by the Commanders front office. You're really going into it relying on Sam Howell, unless you're just punting till next year and just being like, hey, Caleb or Drake May, baby. I think you just did your team a disservice. I'll say also, Commanders, the more I look at the Falcons draft, the more I'm like, hmm, I don't know about this uh, B. John Robinson pick and how much it really is going to improve your team. You had one of the best run games in the league. They beat the shit out of the 49ers. They bullied the 49ers on the ground. And I mean, I think you can flip it and say, like, we're investing in Ritter, where he's going to have a dominant run game. He's not going to have to do much. Um, but you already had Algier, who was a rookie last year. Cordero Patterson, solid running back who can do a lot of things. And then you have Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Like, you have pieces. And so to go running back there, I don't know. I think it was a kind of a thing of they couldn't trade back. They didn't really have trade partners. And they didn't really have anyone higher value on their board there. So they were like, well, fuck it. We'll take the best, one of the best players in this draft, Bijan. Not knocking him, but I'm just saying like. The fit. It didn't make sense. You're investing in a position that you've invested in and is doing well. So I unless he is like just crazy game changer immediately and Desmond Ritter does can be Jimmy G and throw the ball 10 times a game, then yeah, it's a good pick, but we'll, we'll see from there. I like Zach Harrison at 75, but other than that, nothing really stands out. I didn't like the lions draft at the top, the top of the draft. That's, that's the kind of other one that people are trying to shit all over, but hear me out. Jameer Gibbs is going to be good. And they hated DeAndre Swift. Like, they didn't hate him, but they didn't believe in DeAndre Swift to carry them. DeAndre Swift was their second best back last year. When they drafted Jimmy Gibbs, everyone was, like, going crazy. Like, really? He's going to be the third string back? Like, nah, DeAndre Swift was their third string back in that moment. And so they brought in... um, Who did they bring in? They brought in... um, Last year? This year. They signed someone uh david montgomery yes they brought in david montgomery he's gonna be solid for them jameer gibbs be a good change of pace i like the fit it's a reach yeah but i mean one running back was already off the board they were probably worried this guy might not make it and then you get uh brian branch at number 45 who was projected to go in the first round yeah he fell so everyone's kind of like i don't know but i think teams were kind of like safety is kind of the most easy position to forget about in the nfl yeah because there's so many of them and there's not a lot of elite level ones so everyone's kind of just throwing whoever back there and like hey if he works out he works out yeah and so you can kind of hide that position with good corners and good d-line so to get brian branch at that mo in 45 i think is huge for them to keep that secondary that they rebuilt uh to keep it going for a few years and then you get Hendon Hooker at 68. I think at worst, he's going to be a great locker room guy. He's going to be a great leader. And he could be an amazing backup for you. Because Jared Goff, I really like. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like you wasted 
if Jared Goff is going to be your guy, which immediately after the draft, the Lions were talking about, oh, we're looking to re-sign Jared Goff. You just wasted that third round pick. You wasted one. Is Gibbs going to be that much of an upgrade from DeAndre Swift? Yes. I would say no. I would say yes. Maybe in like you like him more in the locker room. Maybe you trust him more. But as far as talent, no. I don't think so. They got a linebacker, Jack Campbell, who people aren't like crazy excited for. Yeah. I mean, what is this? The fucking 90s? Like, bro. This is not how the, the league works anymore. What I think it is, I don't think it's like they've had such a bad draft. I think it was, it's such a hot team, such an up-and-coming team, up-and-coming coach, and people's expectations for those picks were through the roof, where they're like, hey, you you beat the Packers at the end of the year, you're going to be good, you have a chance to take over the division, and look at all the loaded picks you have. Yeah. And then they picked a running back and a linebacker uh, that they didn't like, that teams didn't like. And it's like the world came crashing down to reality. Yeah. What maybe they really like those players and they're going to contribute immediately. Maybe they're all busts, but I have to believe that Jameer Gibbs is going to be pretty good for them. We'll see. I mean, but let's go ahead and take the other side of the coin. What about winners from this draft? I think we both have a consensus number one winner, and that is the uh, Philadelphia Bulldogs. They got all, I mean, Keely Ringo at the, oh my What a disrespect, what a slap in the face to the league. Like, I know all the GMs are pissed off that uh, Howie is getting, like, uh, Howie Roseman is getting all this praise from the media, but it's all of your faults. Like, these GMs just let him get Georgia Bulldog after Georgia Bulldog. Obviously, um, character questions let Jalen Carter fall to them at nine. Nolan Smith. Falls to them at 30, who was like, everyone knew that they wanted Nolan Smith. Yeah. And they didn't have to trade up to get him. He just kept falling. Um, we'll see how he is. I think he fell in the perfect place because if he's not that special, not that great, he can hide well oh, yeah. behind a great defensive line and like solid linebackers. And then you get a Georgia guard at 65. I mean, an Alabama guard at 65. You get the Illinois DB, Sidney Brown. Another solid pick. And even after that, you double dip on the secondary and get Keely Ringo at 105. Yeah. And you get Tanner McKee, a solid, like he's a uh, mobile quarterback, could back up Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Great draft. I Like A's all across. For me, the only team that really can like put their name out there and say they had a better or equal draft, Pittsburgh Steelers. I love the Broderick Jones pick, Joey Porter Jr., family ties, but like, Boy's a dog. Yeah. Big guy. Um, Keanu Benton, I thought, was a great pick. And then you get the big tight end, Darnell Washington, who had, like, he just kept falling. Kept falling because he has knee concerns. But giant tight end, athletic. Great. I think that's another great draft. And then we can we were talking about, before the pod, the Seahawks. They knocked it out of the park, dude. Yeah. You get the number one corner that everyone was saying is an absolute dog. So that's one. All right. Good, good pick. Solid pick. Then you get the number one receiver in this draft, and every pick that you go through is just hit after hit after hit. I thought they got – they understood the value of the draft, where people were falling, where teams were going to be. I thought it was an, an awesome draft. And then they got a running back at 52, Zach – how do you say his name? Charbonnet. Charbonnet. And Pete Carroll's already coming out and saying, like, yeah, him and Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. Walker are going to compete. Yeah. And it's like, bro, the Seahawks had Kenneth Walker, who was a dog last year, who was an amazing running back. 
and they're like, yeah, his job ain't safe. Yeah. They are creating, like, their culture is insane right now. Their receiving core is insane right now. Devin Witherspoon is great. So, my honorable own- mention is, uh, for me, the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, awesome pick. Then you go in the later rounds, you snag a Kayshawn Boutte. Dude, yeah. that's a sneaky great pick for a wide receiver needy team. That's awesome. Even in the second round, you get Keon White. So. Dog. Do you see him? Uh, his video where he looked just pissed. like Yeah. And people were saying that like they, okay, they only showed parts, a snippet of the video. Uh, when he got the call, he was happy. But then he locked in like, this is a guy with a chip on his shoulder ready to put in work he's pissed off he did the you know uh josh rosen there's eight other teams fucking uh, that's the guy you want and then day in, day the, their last pick 245 they got the jackson state cor- cornerback isaiah bolden so yeah a lot of name to watch right there my last honorable mention for like a winner in the draft rasheed rice went to the chiefs and i think he's set up pretty good right there juju's gone they're pretty desperate at receiver now because they have a void yeah from tyree kill they were good enough i feel like there was more of a patchwork receiving core and you get another uh year of is a sky more yep and then you bring in rasheed rice who can maybe have an impact that's a pretty good receiving core uh, young up-and-coming receiving core. Yeah, Juju Smith gone. Uh, McCole Hardman gone. Yeah. Another big piece there. So, yeah, it's a pretty He's awesome landing. step in, yeah. Awesome landing spot. Um, I think we... Did you want to touch on Aaron Rodgers really fast? Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's really... King of New York. Living it up there, dude. He's going to uh, Rangers games. He's going to Knicks games. Uh, he's actually attending OTAs. Um, and he's singing the praises of Garrett Wilson. So maybe he just needed a change of pace and a, a new outlook. I think when you get stuck in your comfort zone, which he was in Green Bay, it was just one of those things where he wasn't challenged. He wasn't forced to do the little things that you do when you are in a new environment. And I think it's great for him. I think, honestly, I think he's going to have a good year, dude. Well, he better have a good year. i seen someone tweet like, this is the best it's going to get because like the fans don't have anything to complain about. Um, everyone, everything's falling into place with his teammates. He got Alan Lazard there. They signed Randall Cobb for him. And I'm kind of like, there's too many receivers in the receiver room right now. Yeah. They have like seven or eight guys who could make an NFL roster. And now you're going to start to see two or three guys are going to get cut or traded. And it's going to be because Aaron Rodgers was like, well, I need Randall Cobb. I need an old Randall Cobb here with me. And... I'm not saying it's going to affect morale because eventually they move on. It's business. But if Aaron Rodgers isn't winning and he's getting his way with the decision-making, with the way he's treated in the locker room, I think it's just setting up for some tension. See, that's where me and you, again, I think we're on two opposite sides of this coin. I like the move. I think it's like when a head coach brings in a guy that they're familiar with, like D'Amico is going to bring in Jimmy Ward. They have Lazard. They have that guy. Randall Cobb is just his buddy. I think between Lazard and Cobb, who's actually has more leadership capabilities? It's Randall Cobb. And so it's like having an additional coach on the field to tell you like, no, no, uh, trust me. What we did back in the playoffs, back when we won the Super Bowl, we did X, Y, and Z. Like it just solidifies 
the the team culture around Aaron Rodgers. So Rogers. is he going to be like a if he's like a Udonis Haslam? Yeah, I think that's what it is. N- no, I think if Aaron Rodgers wants him to play, we'll see if he can see the field. I if think he it, forces Randall Cobb onto the field, like you're really upsetting a young receiver core who's like, we have talent. Why did we need? We signed Alan Zard for you, and now we're losing playtime to him. And we're losing playtime to Randall fucking Cobb. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. 